0: UMass split their series with number 15 ranked Northeastern this weekend with a really nice win on senior night at Mullen Center we're gonna tell you guys everything you need to know about this series so let's go Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 83 of High Character. UMass got themselves a split in the series with number 15 Northeastern. They won on senior night, which is a really nice win. Uh, they laid an egg in game two at Matthews Arena. But overall, pretty pretty decent outcome for how the season's gone. We liked what we saw for most of the time. My name is Cameron, and I, I am joined today by my
1: good friend Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? Doing all right. I mean, I don't know. I feel okay about the weekend. I feel like it's the best way to kind of describe it. Like it kind of shows you just where we're at in the season and just kind of how the vibes are. If you told me before the series, we're going to split it. I'd be pretty happy with that. Knowing where Northeastern's at and kind of where we've been. I don't want to sound kind of, you know, old mass with it. You know what I mean? But like, that's just where we're at right now. You know, the consistency with this team has been very questionable throughout the whole season and it kind of showed itself this, this weekend just as a whole. So yeah, I'm not, not too upset. You know, it was, it was a hard fought, you know, series overall, but yeah, going, going one for one, not, not the worst result in the world.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think looking at this series before it started, I think I would have been very happy to get three points out of it. Just considering what we've been through this year, Northeastern being, uh, right up there at the top of the hockey standings, number fifteen in the country, and with that win on Friday, bumped them from fourteenth to twentieth in pairwise. So playing spoiler a little bit, nice to get that win on senior night too for for the guys, their last game, most likely their last game at Mullins.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely huge. I mean, you could kind of tell the boys were were ready to play that night. I mean, I think that partially could have led into a little bit of a fatigued and you know lackluster performance the following day, but. Yeah, I mean, the 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 performance that we saw on Friday is kind of what we expected out of the team the whole season. Like, we were seeing guys like, you know, I think Jerry Harding was huge. You know, we, we, we played big and strong and physical, and that actually led to a goal because I don't think Jerry Harding got the primary assist on it, but he basically almost single-handedly gave Scott Morrow a breakaway with some nasty play. Like, he was looking like scary Jerry out there. I mean, just the whole team was energized and ready to play, and I, I can't say that we've seen that throughout the entirety of the season. So to know that it's still there is both encouraging, but also frustrating just because knowing that we, we could do that the whole season, like we've seen it in spurts, but just the lack of consistency and the lack of just kind of fire night in and night out is a bit annoying at times to watch from a fan's perspective.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, tough to watch kind of the the inconsistencies, but it was nice to see it. Um especially when the when the game mattered more, it seemed like the guys came out to play. Um, let's let's jump right into it. So game one, Mullen Center, last game of the season in the building most likely. Uh, Cole Brady gets to start. He started the last game um, of the previous series. We thought it, it was a good chance we'd probably see him considering he played pretty well and we get to see him here um, more on him later. He, he did look pretty good though. As we go into this game, um, the refs really tried to make it their own in the first period. Um, apparently, UMass wasn't allowed to stick lift or, or kind of play the puck at all. Um, some weak hands on the northeastern side and their sticks falling out of their hands gave UMass a couple penalties very quickly. Um, and on one of those penalties, northeastern scored. It was uh, Justin ritz the guy whose name is very tough to pronounce, but I think I got it. Um, he cleans up a little rebound on the power play and makes it one nothing northeastern.
1: Yeah, just to touch upon the penalties. I mean, holy crap, man. Like there, there's a difference between like gripping the stick too tight and being a little bit nervous and just completely holding onto it. They were the opposite. They were so lackluster holding their their sticks, like just they had absolutely zero wrist strength. I mean, it was ridiculous. The sticks were flying into the air almost 10, 15 feet. And the moment you see that, the ref just go, All right, yep, hand up. That's easily a penalty. Like There has to be a limit on, you know, how much just kind of overall stick play you can allow in the game and kind of be able to keep a wrangle on it. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like the game kind of got out of the hands of the refs pretty early there just with so many soft calls, you know what I mean? Like, that was ridiculous and kind of led to the goal against, I mean, penalty kill this season, it's been on and off, I've kind of noticed. And it's just, I feel like on our penalty kills, we have a really tough time clearing out the front of the net. Like, I mean, obviously when you're a man down, it's going to be tough, but it just seems like every team that we play against can just find that soft spot right in front of the goalie mm-hmm. and they can just wrangle the puck in and get a, get a clean shot off. So it's tough on Brady there. You know what I mean? Like he's a big body and he gets it slipped in his five hole look like. So it's a, it's a tough goal to give up, but that's what Northeastern's going to do to you, especially when you give them the man advantage. It's, it's tough. I mean, not like we really gave it to them. They kind of didn't really earn it, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really blame Brady on that one. Uh, they just got it in deep, um, made a save on the initial shot, and I guess didn't have anybody home to clear it out. Gets tucked away by Ritz-Kavian. Um, penalties persisted. UMass had four penalties in the first eight minutes of this game. Um, the fourth one, uh, Ryan Lautenbach roughing, it was offset by a Northeastern penalty. So uh, we go four on four. A lot of open ice, and Cal Keyfuek and Elliot McDermott find themselves in on a two-on-one. We get a really pretty pass from Cal Keyfuek to McDermott, uh, right on a tee for him on the doorstep. McDermott puts it home for his first of the year, makes it one-one.
1: Yeah, you get what you deserve. I mean, McDermott's had a couple of a couple of chances to get on the score sheet. I feel like this season, you know, a couple of pretty similar chances to this. He'll find himself in a little bit of space trying to shoot. Beautiful assist here from Keyfuek, like unbelievable stuff there like it seems like a lot of the times we'll kind of snatch at the chances on -on two-on-ones there like either you try and take a shot just to put something on net and we'll roof it over the net you know like we just never really seem to be able to convert on some on these chances sometimes and absolutely beauty little toe drag backhand whatever the hell you want to call that from Cal I mean mint pass to a sprawling you know Devin Levi just he had no idea what to do and McDermott put it home really, really cool play. I mean, good speed from both of them just to be able to jump into the play and capitalize on the two-on-one. That was absolutely huge considering there was so much space to work with because it was a four-on-four.
0: Yeah, it was for sure. And uh, another, another Northeastern penalty um, with one minute left in the period. So they took that one to the locker room and UMass took advantage coming out for the second. We see another really nice play from Cal Key Fuke. he finds an open reed Lebster kind of right in the mid slot there. And he nips one home, went left posting in. Uh beautiful goal there and make it two one US.
1: Yeah, we've been missing this, it seems like the whole season. Like it, it always seems like we don't have a guy that can just straight up snipe a goal in. Like we've seen it in Spurs from Kenny Connors, and we've seen it a little bit more recently from guys like Michael Cameron and even Taylor McCarra points, but it's just it hasn't been consistent. You know what I mean? Like those same guys that sometimes can just nip it bar in they'll also be shooting 20 feet wide, you know, in the same game. So, you know, there hasn't been a lot of consistency there, but Reed Lebster just showed an absolute peach of a shot. I mean, the ability to turn his body while also corralling the puck was just absolutely nuts and rips an absolute heater of a shot, you know, twine seeking missile, if you will, you know, past, past Devin Levi. So it's you're not going to get many chances to score on Devin Levi, but when, when you do get him, you got to make them count. And, Reed Lebster did it right here. That was a beautiful shot. It was probably one of the better ones that I've seen out of him throughout his career, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, beautiful shot for sure. Well said. A couple minutes later, Northeastern does answer, though. Uh, They have Liam Walsh kind of skating up the left side, blows past Matt Koopman, which in the second half of the season has been pretty hard to do. He's been really flashing his speed, but he burns Koopman, kind of just skates in along the goal line and tucks one home uh, for the answer, makes it two to two.
1: Yeah, kind of a weird goal. I mean, I couldn't. Even, it looked like he like there was a pass across that Walsh just kind of tips out in front. I can't really tell, but just a lot of traffic out in front of the net, and they just managed to poke it home. Kind of sucks that it was Kuben that got burned because I really liked his game this weekend. I feel like just in you know the recent games as a whole, he's been absolutely killing it. A lot of speed. I was talking to a couple fans during the the second game. Reminds me a lot of Brett Boeing. I don't know if you guys you know probably I'm assuming the majority of our listeners will remember Brett Boeing. You know really speedy guy just
0: I feel bad if you don't
1: yeah you know what i mean well, i'm just saying you know maybe some of the newer students if you guys are listening you know you might not be that in tune with you know previous year's teams but
0: oh i know another... i feel i feel bad for those who didn't oh, get to watch
1: yeah no game. i mean it, he was an awesome player to watch so i mean if you haven't seen him yet check him out really really cool player one of my personal favorites um just really really similar mold here in in koopman just really quick speedy you know we'll, we'll, we'll get into the corners you know but unfortunately on this play he just kind of gets burnt you know it's going to happen he's not a natural defenseman you can't all you know especially with a skilled team like northeastern they're going to make you look silly every now and then and this was just one of those instances so really unfortunate stuff they you know responded pretty well here but uh as we're going to talk about we managed to break out in front once again which is going to be huge
0: yes we did and uh we have to mention the refs they called six penalties in the first period they didn't call any more after that. So, um, and this game got really chippy. They were just letting yeah. literally everything fly. We see just a couple minutes after that Northeastern goal, we see Jerry Harding quite literally get tackled away from the puck. Um, a Northeastern skater leaves leaves his feet to tackle Jerry Harding um, along the boards, uh, drags him down, and the puck squeaks out to, to Scott Morrow, who uh, skates in. Deeks out Levi yet again, just a couple minutes later, and answers to make it three to two.
1: Yeah, Harding was insane here. Like it looked like he was getting ready to like kick the Northeastern player when he gets up and skates towards the bench. Like he threw his hands out in the air. He looked like he was getting ready to throw hands. And quite frankly, I don't blame him because that was a really, really stupid play by the Northeastern player there to try and like just smother him, you know. And Harding was kind of the definition of take a hit to make a play there. I mean, that was really, really huge that was the scary Jerry that we've been looking for this whole season and finally came out and it was a really, really important play. And the move by Scotty Morrow there, I mean, he doesn't really get it on breakaways too often just because he doesn't really have that killer, you know, straight line speed to kind of just burn people like that. He's more of a agile skater, but Hey, he, he gets his chance and he makes a count, you know, he, he's looked pretty solid on shootouts before and he's, he's out here making big moves and big moments right here. So really happy to see that and great way to take the lead.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it, you can find it on our Twitter if you want a video of the straight up tackle. It's, yeah, the the video's cut short on UMass Hockey's page, but we have the full thing posted if you want to see it. Um, pretty wild, and yeah, that made the score three to two, and that's how it kind of finished. The uh, we went to the third period, and we've detailed UMass's third period woes lately. That did not happen on Friday night. Uh, six shots from Northeastern for the entire third period. UMass really buckled down, got the job done, kind of turned it into a pretty uneventful period, and they looked good um, stopping Northeastern with the goalie pulled too. So that gets UMass the three to two win on senior night, and this one felt really good. I I said after the game probably second to the two Denver games. This one,
1: yeah, I mean it was huge. It was a really important game, you know, just in terms of you know senior night is always going to be a really important time regardless of the season implications that this game may or may not even have you know it's not going to really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things it feels like at this point in terms of you know home ice for the playoffs or anything like that but just to honor the seniors you know it's a really really important night for them we played we you know they they put their best foot forward you know I mean besides all the the referee woes and just the wild inconsistencies you know with just are we going to call everything or are we going to call absolutely nothing I mean it was just super weird game got really chippy I started to get a bit nervous about just You know, some bad stuff happening out on the ice. I was worried that, you know, someone might get, you know, suckered, punched or something crazy like that. I was worried that one of our guys like Taylor, you know, could have done some crazy stuff and got himself suspended. Who the hell knows at this point? But luckily, none of that happened. Buckled down, got the job done. And it made me really, really hopeful for the for the for the game the day after, too, because it just felt like we were flying at that moment. You know, we were just looking really, really good out there.
0: Yeah, and surprisingly, that made it UMass's eighth straight victory over Northeastern, which is wild to think. All those couple years uh that this record spans, Northeastern's been good. They've been ranked almost the entire time. They've won hockey east a couple of times in the regular season. So very impressive stretch there. Um Cole Brady looked pretty good. Uh he didn't face a lot of shots, which was another great thing from UMass. They only gave up 24 shots, which is really against the grain for this season as well. So Everything. This is very similar to the first game against UConn in my eyes. Just like, who are these guys? This is this is what these guys are capable of. And we haven't seen it for most of the season. Uh, that UConn game, this game and the two Denver games is when we've seen these guys at their best and what their potential is. And I, did, I just really wish we got to see more of it this year. They The, the product is good.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we looked really, really solid. And yeah, I just wanted to touch upon Cole Brady's performance because he he was a huge help. Like, we hadn't really seen him dominate much this season just because he hasn't really played a whole lot this season. But I wouldn't say he looked dominant per se, but he looked very comfortable in net. Like, I think he he was a calming presence. You know, he didn't have the most kind of eloquent saves, if you will. He was just a very big body that just got himself in front of the puck that's all you need. You know, he, he was holding rebounds very well. He was just getting his body in the right positions to make plays. He looked really solid. You know, there was a couple of moments where the defense kind of broke down a little bit and he had to make some big stops and he made them, you know, I, I don't want to say that he won the game, but he, he was a really, really big part in making that game close enough for us to strike and end up finally winning it at the end of the second period. So really, really huge performance out of him, you know, really happy with how the first game went. Obviously, we're going to talk about the second game in a little bit. Things didn't necessarily go our way going forward. But, yeah, the first game, I think he looked really, really solid.
0: Yeah, and just about everything went well. and We got to end the night celebrating the seniors, Josh Nodler, Matt Koopman, Jerry Harding, Cal Kafuke, Eric Faith, and Reed Lebster. So, um, just an awesome night at Mullins. Most likely going to be the last one of this season, but um, what a great way to end it.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: All right, so we move on to game two the next night uh, in Boston at Matthews Arena. First time playing there. First time fans are allowed to go there for a UMass Northeastern game in quite a few years. So we were pretty excited about that. As we uh, as we move into this game, obviously we see Cole Brady get the start again and Devin Levi for Northeastern, who's trying to shake those UMass blues that he's had to in the early part of his career here. And it this game was kind of Different from the first one, Um, just not as as fun of a time as UMass fans for sure. Um, Can't really get anything going in this first period at all. And as time ticks down, about six minutes left, we see Northeastern on the power play, and they kind of just skate in the puck up the the left side boards on an odd man rush, and they score to make it one nothing.
1: Annoying. That that's the best way I can explain this because I mean. I feel like we looked, we looked okay. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there, there were moments where we had a little bit of zone time. There were moments where, you know, Northeastern definitely had their zone time, but I still feel like, you know, we looked decent enough. And just the fact that it was a shorthanded goal against that, that was what really broke it for me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that, that, that is not the way to get it going. I mean, we, we, we started off the game with that too many men on the ice penalty, which kind of really killed the momentum before it even started. So that was already an unfortunate start to the game, but I feel like we bounced back from that decently. So the fact that you know it was a two on one going the other way shorthanded and they just absolutely nip it off the far you know, like the far post, that that hurts. You know what I mean? Like it's just a really, really annoying way to to start, you know, the game one-nothing, but it is what it is. You know, you kind of figure, and at least I was thinking in the stands, all right. If that's how they're gonna get their goal, whatever. They haven't even got anything on even strength yet, you know, like we can still buckle down, get some chances, and you know, I'm thinking to myself. We scored on Levi, you know, three times last game. We can do it again. You know, historically, we know how to, you know, solve him. And I still felt, you know, good, you know, going into the rest of the game. But, yeah, really, really tough way to start it out.
0: Yeah, definitely backbreaker there on the um, on the power play. You give up a goal. We moved to the second, um, kind of more steady play. UMass getting their shots. Um, didn't look dominated by any means. Uh, and then just about halfway through second period, we see um, what shouldn't have been an odd man rush. Northeastern kind of entering the zone two on two and just the beauty of a pass from Novak into the slot and finds an open Jack Hughes who just has to tip it home. Beautiful pass, kind of threading the needle through Cal Key Fuke and it makes it to nothing Northeastern.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was kind of one of the key fukes less, kind of lesser moments of the weekend. I mean, I feel like on the whole, he played really solid. Obviously, the beautiful assist, you know, I guess, pair of assists in the first game. But defensively, it left a bit to be desired on this play. I mean, he slows down in the in the slot, just trying to, you know, backskate to, you know, look for a passing lane. And Hughes just kind of glides behind him, just completely unnoticed. It seems like Keith Hughes just was – just there was a little bit of a momentary lapse in kind of consciousness there and lets him buy him, and we paid for it, you know. Sometimes – Northeastern is going to be that type of team that's going to just completely make you pay for even the smallest of mistakes and we saw it happen there I mean we just were not ready to you know make a play on the puck there and they burned us for it which really sucks because now you're down two nothing in Matthews it's not not a good look to try and come back from that because especially because haven't really had a whole lot of comebacks this season when we really think about it usually we're we're hoping that we can take the lead early and hold on to it you know unless you're vermont which yeah we all know how that series went but yeah again not a good goal to give up here
0: yeah and uh northeastern takes advantage of some further mistakes later on Mer- lucas mercury takes an interference penalty with less than two minutes to go in the second period which obviously really hurts and northeastern takes advantage of it uh they skate in they get a pass to a guy right on the doorstep on the left side of the goal uh i believe it was sam colangelo Cal- Uh, He kind of looks like he's trying to fire a cross crease pass, but Brady sticks his legs out. Uh, He gets the rebound again and just tucks it home, makes it three, nothing. And this one kind of seemed like the backbreaker of this game.
1: Yeah. It actually looked like, I think it was Colangelo or whatever. I think he was trying to do a cross crease pass and I think Mm -hmm. it went off of UFCO. So, I mean, really not much that could have happened there. I mean, it's just a really weird deflection and he kind of just backhands in the rebound and, You know, if you're Cole Brady there, you're not expecting, you know, a puck that's immediately going cross crease. to just all of a sudden reappear in front of the guy who passed it. You know, that's just a really unlucky bounce. You know, I, I, at this point, that was kind of the really crappy part because I don't think we were playing all that bad. Like, I think up until this point, we were matching them shot for shot. Like, you know, I think we both had probably, you know, upper teens, you know, for shots on goal for either team. We were probably like 18 to 18 or something like that. You know, we were looking good and just, we didn't have the goals to show for it. Like Levi was playing really well. You know, we had some solid tip opportunities and we had some looks to get some good shots in, but we just couldn't make anything happen. You know, we had a couple post ringers, which were really unfortunate. It's just everything seemed to be going right for Northeastern and nothing was going right for us. The puck luck, was just really, really bad up until this point, which really hurt.
0: Yeah, it was. And just to give that one up with less than a minute left in the period stung too. We moved to the third, about halfway through, UMass still getting their shots here and there, not totally dominated. Then we see an unbelievable um, solo effort by the star Aiden McDonough. Um, he skates up behind Elliot McDermott, strips it clean, passes it to Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, who comes in on the <clears throat> sorry comes in on the two on one, um, basically makes it a, a breakaway as uh, the other defender kind of favors the the pass. So Gunnar Wolf Fontaine basically gets himself a breakaway nips one on Brady and makes it for nothing. That'd be the, the last one of the game.
1: I hate odd man rushes so much, man. It's so annoying. Like it just seems like it happens so often with us. Like, and we always seem to play that pass and then we always seem to get sniped on it. You know, like mm. it's, it, it's just a reoccurring theme. I mean, McDermott got absolutely, he got his pocket picked on that one. Like that, that was a tough one. And that just kind of shows you the top line talent that Northeastern has they they're just gonna make you pay in all areas of the ice neutral zone defensive zone offensive zone they're they're gonna make plays, and this is just another example of that and I mean Cole Brady maybe wants to get that one back i mean it was a it was a filthy shot, you know what I mean, but you're one on one with him and he he doesn't even try and dangle you he just straight up snipes it on you i I don't know I mean it's a really, really tough angle you know as a goalie to try and you know make a play there, but it's just. You you wish that he, you know you you get a save there. It's it's unfortunate, but that's just my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I think I'm with you there. It sucks to give that up. Uh, I can't fully blame him on that one. Yeah, and that's how this one ends for nothing. Northeastern, pretty forgettable game. All things considered, we knew Northeastern would come out upset after how Friday's game went. They get back home. They're they're a top fifteen ranked team, so. um Tough to beat them twice in a row, especially the second one being on the road. They came out to play. Levi finally gets his revenge over UMass, getting the shutout after uh, a couple really bad starts against them. Um, So yeah, I I guess not much more to say about this game. Just pretty forgettable one in the in the grand scheme of the season, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, we just got to throw it behind us, you know. I mean, I think focus on the good things right now. I mean, I'd much rather us win the senior night game at Mullins rather than the game at Matthews. So if I'm going to split it, I feel like this was the way to do it. I wish we put up a bit more of a fight in Matthews because if we're, if we're trying to make some noise in the playoffs, we got to be able to win games away and we haven't really been doing that that much. So granted, we haven't been winning too many games at home either. So it's, it's going to be a tough, a tough ass to get some momentum going in the playoffs at this point, but we're, we're trying our best, you know what I mean? And I really do think if we, if we manage to secure home ice somehow, you know what I mean? Like it, even it's, almost theoretically impossible at this point. I think we have to win out and two other teams have to lose out for it to happen. But if we did, I'd like our chances in the playoffs. But as it stands right now, man, trying to win games away from Mullins is a tough, tough ask. And we saw that tonight. Just really unfortunate.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. One one thing to take pride in, I guess, is we played, spoiler, for Northeastern. They were 14th in pairwise coming in. After this series, they're sitting at 17th. So they're out of the the tournament picture. Um, Seems like every bubble team won last weekend, uh, except for Northeastern. So good job spoiling there from UMass. I'm sure that Northeastern can't be too happy about that one uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I wish there was a little bit more to play for on our end. You know what I mean? I feel like you don't really want the participation trophy of, yeah, we spoiled Northeastern. But I mean, it's something. You know what I mean? Like at this point, Getting, getting—that's that's a big three points, and I feel like, you know, considering the fact that, you know, points have been pretty tough to come by, especially in hockey's play. So we can kind of take what we can get. There's really—I you know, don't think we can finish higher than what, like, eighth or ninth at this point if we win out and other teams lose out. So I mean, it's not the like highest making, they can finish is eighth. That's what I figured. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's not like we can really make much headway in the standings, regardless. So I don't want to say that like these last couple of games really don't mean a whole lot, but like. Realistically, I mean, we're just trying to put our best foot forward and show a little bit of fight. You know what I mean? And I think I think we saw that, you know, at Matthews. But I think I think the game was closer than the four nothing scoreline suggests. But four nothing, not a not a great scoreline to lose by. You know what I mean? But I still think we had our chances.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Let's uh let's talk about the standings. We normally do it at the end, but it seems kind of kind of paramount now with one series left. Yeah. Uh, for the season, so. UMass as it stands right now they sit at 10th place in the Hockey East standings Um, they have 22 points ninth place is New Hampshire they have 23 points but uh, UMass has a game in hand over New Hampshire New Hampshire plays on Thursday night I believe against Vermont so have to imagine that they're going to win that game and put UMass four points back Uh, BC is at eighth right now with 27 points and that's as high as UMass can go because Providence is ahead of them. Providence and Maine have 32 points. So we're not catching either of them for sixth and seventh place. BC does play against UConn for both games next weekend. So um, I guess it's in UMass's interest to root for UConn. If, If UConn can get the sweep and UMass could also get the sweep against Maine, we'd jump BC for eighth place, but that's pretty much the only way. We need BC to get swept in for UMass to sweep Maine.
1: I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing that scenario out loud. Call me insane. I think it's doable. Like, Maine right now, I haven't looked at their schedule, but just going off of memory from what I've seen on Twitter and stuff, pretty sure they've been on a bit of a tear. I think think Victor Osman has been kind of filthy in net. So, I mean – with with a packed um, Alphond Arena, I believe it's called. Like that's it's going to be a tough ask, especially considering how mediocre we've been in, in away games this season. But anything's possible, man. It's the game of hockey, you know. Like with Maine being on the tear that they're on right now, that means that you know, with their relatively low, you know, standing, you know, position that they're in right now, that's a lot of upsets for them that they've that they've had to do. That means we can upset them just as much. You know what I mean? Like hockey East is a in, is a league of upsets, so I mean, I definitely think it's possible. I'm not saying that, you know, it's it's likely at any you know stretch of the imagination, but that's the game of hockey, man. Anything can happen. So I'm not saying I like our chances, but it's it's definitely doable. You know, it's simple as that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely doable as it stands right now. UMass would play a road game in Providence in the first round. Uh, they have over the years proven that they can win there. They didn't this year. Um, but Providence plays against BU this weekend for two games. So uh, they have a chance to drop. Um, the, the schedule is still uh, with every team having two games uh, next weekend, except for New Hampshire, they have one game. There's still a lot that can change after the UNH outcome on Thursday. I'll drop a playoff scenarios thing. Cause that will kind of simplify things a little bit more, but we need their outcome versus Vermont. So as of right now, It's looking very likely that UMass will have a road game against Maine, Providence or BC, but there are other, other avenues as well. So we'll we'll be on the lookout for that and we'll see how things shake out.
1: Just to throw it out there, real quick, because I'm not sure if I heard you correctly. Did you say that we haven't beaten Providence away yet? I thought we did. That was a three. No, that was a three-two win that we recently had against them.
0: Oh yes, you're correct. That's, I was just thinking about that seven-to-four loss.
1: Yeah, no. I'm, yes, that's what I was thinking yeah. about. So I was like, if there's any team that we want to play in, in an away arena, that's the one that we've gotten so far. So I mean, I'm thinking yeah, myself, you're right. Like we we've definitely had success against Providence, both historically, I think for the most part, and you know, obviously recently. So, I mean. I think anything's possible. You know, I, I kind of do like our chances against Providence, at least much more than, you know, a team like BC or something like that at this point. So we'll see how, so you were saying what it's going to be either BC Providence or Maine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to play like, you know, playoff scenario too much, but if I'm, I mean, obviously I don't know how we're going to play against Maine, but I'm definitely writing us off against BC knowing our recent, you know, woes against BC. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's a pretty easy one, but if I'm going Providence versus Maine, I mean, like I said, we'll see how this weekend shakes up. That might, you know, completely influence my answer, but I don't know. I think we, we have, we have a chance to at least get one, one, you know, playoff series win. We'll, we'll definitely see. Yeah. I hate the thought of
0: going to Conti for a game. I don't don't think that would turn out well. And I need to see what this main series looks like. I need to see how we play up at Alphon before I can make any decisions on that. But yeah, if we, if we end up playing Providence and it, I'd, don't imagine they will jump main this weekend considering Providence is playing BU. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that kind of seems like the most likely outcome as of right now.
1: Yeah. We'll see how that shapes out. That'll be an interesting series. Assuming that that's the one that ends up happening
0: for sure. So let's uh, let's jump into our awards and then get out of here. So first award we like to do is the CCC Carvel's character and compete award. And for this weekend, we're gonna give it to Cal Kiefug. One of the seniors got celebrated on Senior Night, um, and we're we're kind of tossing the second game outcome for this award because nobody really shined at all in that one in the shutout. Uh, but Cal looked great on Friday, like like we said, a couple beauty passes. He looked good skating around the ice. So uh, good on good on Cal. It was nice watching him play play really well on Friday.
1: Yeah, just to kind of digress away from Key Fugue, because it's something that I've actually noticed for most of the seniors, and is definitely an example of this, I think whenever we win games, at least for the past couple months, it's because the seniors step up, and I think when when Cal has a good game, that means the offense has a good game, and we usually end up winning, like that was a huge reason why we won against Providence back in that 3-2 victory, I don't want to harp on that too much, because I don't want to remind you that you were completely wrong about that, but obviously just messing with you, but um. Yeah. I mean, the, the seniors have been huge in our wins and, you know, Cal's just a huge example of that. I mean, two assists in the first game, huge win there. And then I think against Providence, I think he had a goal and an assist might've been Lebster I'm thinking of, but I remember Cal having a really good game. Cause they're usually line mates together. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's just been the big thing recently is, you know, when the seniors do well, that's when we end up getting wins. And Cal was a huge reason for that this weekend, he played a pretty damn solid the bare minimum in the first game. Second game, like you said, we're kind of thrown out because, you know, I mean, his defense was a bit suspect. His skating, you know, he was making a couple slips every now and then. He wasn't perfect, but the the whole team wasn't perfect. That's why he lost the game four yeah. nothing. You know, so I think overall, if we're taking you know the best of the best out of this weekend, he he definitely looked to be one of the best.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just to to defend myself a little bit, I think I only forgot that game because we uh, it's one of the few that we haven't gone to this year. Only a handful. So yeah, definitely. Um, We've been there for most of them. That one kind of slips my mind. That
1: that was actually the whole reason why I remembered it was because I was thinking to myself, I'd haven't missed a single game at Mullins, even though I've been in car accidents and I've been, (laughs) I think even partially sick at times. So, I mean, there have been reasons to miss games at Mullins and haven't missed a single one at Mullins, but I've definitely missed a couple of away games. And that was what triggered it in my head. So I I definitely agree with your line of logic on that one.
0: Yeah. Good job. Cal keep on the CCC. So next award that we give out is good try UMass. Somebody we want to see improve for the next game. We tried for a while to try to find one person that we could give this award to. um, And and nobody stood out at all. So one group of people that did stand out to us was the ref crew for the first game uh, at Mullen Center. So they're going to take home the good try award. They were very inconsistent. um, Six penalties in the first period off phantom calls i mean not allowed to poke check anymore with uh those weak hands on northeastern so awful there. awful no calls in the the second and third periods of that game as well um guys literally getting tackled so uh awful showing from them and don't let any northeastern fans on twitter bully you that they got the short end of the stick they're just salty that they uh they dropped out of the tournament race in pairwise but um the rest were awful both ways and honestly uh more awful towards the UMass side of things. So Ouch, good, good try, refs.
1: Coming at the Northeastern fans' throats right there. God
0: damn.
1: But um, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's never a good sign when, at least for me personally, I remember the names of the refs that ref a game. Like, the, you, you should be remembering the players that are out there on the ice and the nasty plays that they make. You shouldn't be remembering the guys that are calling the penalties. And Scott Hansen, Jeremy Tufts. I like Tufts because he gave me a puck that one time because I called him out on a seemingly bad call and ended up humbling me and told me to check the rule book and he was 100% right. So he has my respect, at least until he makes me lose it with some bad calls, (laughs) which may have happened in that game. And Hanson, don't even get me started on that guy. That guy is trash. And I've been saying it ever since I started going to games in 2016, like... God, man, I'm I'm hoping that we get a new crop of refs at some point because seeing these same names and faces making the same bad calls all the time is absolutely egregious, and I hate watching it. So, Hanson, I hate you. Be normal. <laughs> be a better ref. Gets me angry. So, yeah, the, the referee inconsistencies were, quite frankly, just wild this weekend. And I'm I'm hoping it improves, but I've been saying this both on and off of a podcast for the past six years of me being a UMass hockey fan. I think almost seven years now. I keep forgetting, you know, we're in 2023 now. Jeez. But yeah, definitely the, the referee needs to improve tenfold.
0: They're lucky they haven't gotten more good try awards over the
1: course of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, and that's, that is the worst mark that a ref could even have. I mean, getting, getting the high character good try award. I mean, come on. Like if you have that on your resume, you're just barred from getting a job for the rest of your life. So you know, we're just out here thinning out the referee community day by day with their terrible performances and our really important awards that we give out on a biweekly basis or weekly basis.
0: I wish. All right, <laughs> let's go to our uh, our custom awards now. So uh, you want to go first?
1: Yeah, I got one. So in the second game, which is the game that, quite frankly, most of us want to forget, there was a pretty memorable moment where Aaron Bollinger I don't remember how he lost his stick, quite frankly. It might have been one of those crazy high sticks where he just threw the, you know threw the stick into the air, and you know, there wasn't a call on it because, again, wildly inconsistent refing. But he was posted up without a stick for a solid 45 seconds in the defensive zone, made, I think, a shot block or two, and then had to try and corral the puck with his feet, I think, on two or three separate occasions, straight up playing soccer, like putting his skate over the puck, kicking it to you know other guys on his team just straight up playing soccer, I'm giving him the Ballon d'Or award because he's looking like Mbappe, Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo all wrapped up into one, you know, he, he's out here doing his thing with his feet, very unorthodox style, but when you get your stick ripped out of your hands through seemingly no fault of your own one way or another, you got to improvise, you got to make things happen, and that's what he was doing in, in the defensive zone there, so Aaron Bollinger, soccer star, Ballon d'Or award for you, buddy, keep it up. <laughs>
0: I like that. Bollinger always finds a way to get, get scrappy scrappy and nifty uh, when it comes to defending in the zone. So um, he'll, he'll do whatever it takes, which I love. So good on you, Aaron Bollinger, winning that award. Yes, sir. All right. So mine is going to be the Runs in the Family Award. Um, one of the best, probably the best NFL player of all time, Tom Brady. Um, he's good at passing. So is another guy with the same namesake, Cole Brady. He showed his passing out in the first game. He got a, an assist on the first goal, the one scored by Elliott McDermott. So um, he's padding his stats with an apple there. Uh, him and Tom Brady showing off their, their passing skills. So uh, runs in the family. Congrats, Cole Brady.
1: Let's go Cole. I mean, yeah, I don't think we've had a, we've had a goalie assist for at least a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, It was Matt Murray that got it. I mean, Holy crap. Yeah, I think 2020
0: I think Murray. Something got like that.
1: Game. Yeah. It's been, it's been a couple of years. So. Little bit of a rarity for, for UMass goalies, but uh really cool to see nonetheless. You know what I mean? That's definitely a uh, a nice little thing to be remembered by, you know, just I think when Murray did it, I think he had a couple in the same season, which is pretty mm-hmm. nuts. So just the fact that Cole Brady was even able to get one, very, very interesting, uh kind of little little unnoticed stat there. So I thought that was really cool. And you know, if he's getting assists, that means we're scoring goals. So I'm hoping that they continue to come because we need some goal scoring.
0: Right and rewarded on the stat sheet for his good night in goal too. So definitely nice to see. All right, I think that was everything that we had on these two games. Nice for UMass to get a couple points. Um, it was going to take a sweep to get them back in uh, that home game conversation, in my opinion. So um, tough there, but I'm I'm pretty pleased with the outcome. I'm, I'm glad the seniors got to go off with a nice win, and one wasn't just a win; it felt really good too.
1: Yeah, there really haven't been too many feel-good moments, per se. I mean, you know, the, the Denver series was huge, obviously. The Union series was just utter domination. That was cool. We saw Henry Graham got his first collegiate start and then another, like, four starts after that. So that was another feel-good moment for him. And now we're seeing, you know, a really nice senior night. You know, there's been a lot of tough moments in between those those feel-good moments, and that's just the way an up-and-down season will treat you. You know what I mean? you got to take the good with the bad. but This was just, you know, another, another highlight of what's quite frankly, a pretty dull season overall, you know, so we got to learn to, to enjoy these whenever they come about, because you never know when the, when the next good moment's going to come. I'm not trying to be too philosophical, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. with trying to get all too deep into this conversation, but that's just the reality of hockey, man. You know, just got to try and get more highlights whenever we can get them.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, the next time you guys will hear from us, we'll be doing an arena review for Matthews Arena, so should be pretty fun.
1: I know Evan has his opinions on that place, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet. I prefer not to speak because if I'm if I speak, I'm in big trouble right now. So I'm not gonna do it. <laughs>
0: so we'll have that for you coming at some point midweek, and then next we'll have the the preview for the series up in Maine. We're making the trip up to Orono for our first time. It's gonna be the the very last hockey East arena that we have to see, so we're pumped about that. We'll have the arena review. We'll have the vlog from our trip there. So should be a fun weekend to close out the regular season. I'm
1: super pumped. I actually little unknown fact, Ken. This will be the first time that you hear it too. I grabbed my rental car today from the from taking my car to the auto body shop, and uh, the guy who ended up picking me up and signing me off for the the rental car just graduated from uh, from Maine last year, and uh, he's actually a massive hockey fan. So we were all talking about like Ben Barr and everything. He actually knew his stuff. It was hilarious. So. Really cool dude. I think his name was Cal. So shout out to Cal at Enterprise in Medford, Mass. Really cool guy. But uh, yeah, no, that was a little funny tidbit, just considering the fact. I was like, yeah, I'm actually going up to Maine this weekend. So I'm not even going to be using the rental car. He's like, oh, where are you heading up? Or in O'Maine? He's like, that's where I went to school. And it was a hilarious (laughs) little conversation. So that was a fun one. He said that uh, we're going to get our asses kicked. So that's going to be really unfortunate. I mean, I hope that he's wrong, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how this weekend shakes out, obviously. I'm definitely hoping for UMass to get on the right side of this weekend interesting small world encounter yeah it was hilarious
0: good weekend for for cows across
1: <laughs> seriously that's really funny
0: yeah all right so thank you guys for listening we hope you tune into all the stuff that we have to close out the season there's there's not too much left so i'm um, trying to soak in what we got left and we appreciate you guys being by our side so again thank you for listening to this episode and go you mess
1: go you take care everybody I have no idea what to say about Matthews right now, so I'm going to shut up and let's get a very cool win this weekend a pair of wins. Yes, sir.